Welcome to the Vivid Church Podcast. Wherever you're listening from today, it's our hope that this message would help you reflect the light of Jesus' life for all to see. Now, here's Pastor Justin Reimer. Well, it's a new month. It's actually a new season. And with that comes a new series. I'm excited about this series all summer long. We're going to be focused on a theme that I think is going to be fun and interesting and engaging. The theme is this, summer road trip. Do you know, throughout the Bible, there's so many stories that happen on the way. And so each week of this summer as kind of a standalone message, we want to look at one of these stories of life just happening on the way. I don't know what your summer's going to hold, but ours will probably include at least one or two little road trips. And I expect that the, the best part of that road trip won't be the moment that we're leaving, and it probably won't even be the destination. It will be the things that happen along the way. And the same is true in our walk of faith. Do you know the, the best things that Jesus has for you happen along the way? There is revelation to be found on the way. There is faith to be built on the way. There are are miracles to be experienced on the way and truth to be revealed on the way. I think there's too many people who feel like their life journey is only two points, beginning and end. The moment I met Jesus and then the moment I entered into eternity. And maybe they get to that because it's kind of the way we've taught or the, the way we've preached. And when I say we, I mean the church in general, that, that you're lost in sin, but then when you find Jesus, heaven is, is your, your hope in eternity. But in between salvation and heaven is our life journey. It's like we're on a road trip with Jesus and he's leading the way and he has a good destination in mind and he has life for us to experience along the way. So we're going to look at the story of the road to Damascus and the road to Emmaus and the road to Gaza. And you're going to learn some new things, maybe geographically, but certainly I believe and I hope you're going to learn some things and be inspired spiritually. Now, one of the reasons we do this throughout the whole summer is I just know it's the case. Maybe this summer more than ever with a new lifting of restrictions, there is going to be a lot of people who find themselves on the road this summer. In fact, I encourage that. I hope that's true for you, that wherever you live, you can find yourself getting some adventure this summer and and getting out of your home or out of your community or or circle. As as we're hearing now, province by province, there's kind of this encouragement, please enjoy tourism across our country. So I I believe there's going to be people who spend a little more time at the cottage than they usually do, maybe a little more time at the lake than they usually do. And so as we continue in this season of church at home, we just want to speak to you right where you are. And I want to encourage you, please, wherever you are, Bring church along with you. I love the thought of people sitting around a campfire uh, watching on their cell phone. I love the thought of somebody on the road listening. Don't don't watch while you drive, but have that podcast up. Let's bring the, the message of the scripture along with us this year, this summer specifically, and allow God to speak to us. So I want to start the, the series this way on this very first Sunday uh, with a message simply entitled The Road to Life. The road to life. Let me read a scripture. I'm going to pray and then we're going to dive into this. Matthew chapter 7, starting at verse 13. Jesus is finishing up what is probably his most significant sermon, certainly his longest recorded sermon in scripture. It's often referred to as the Sermon on the Mount. 
And in that message, he says this, Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through it, but small is the gate and narrow is the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Let's pray together. Jesus, I ask that in these next few moments, you'd speak to us through your word. I pray that your Holy Spirit would illuminate truth, not only to me as I speak, but to everybody who watches or listens to this, either on this Sunday or in the days to come. And I ask God that right where we're at, you'd speak to us on the way, on the way to the destination that you have in mind for us, that you would speak to us and reveal yourself. And I ask this, Lord, that, that, that for our church, every single week of this summer, that we would be growing from strength to strength, that we'd find ourselves comforted, inspired, and challenged by your word and your presence in our life as we go about the journey that is this summer. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. I want to talk to you about the road to life. Jesus, as he's speaking, he gives what becomes a pretty vivid picture of the human experience. He, he says, we're on a road, but there's an option. Now, I used to picture it this way. I remember the first time ever reading this scripture or being, being taught it or pondering it as a child, thinking it's like you've come to a crossroad and you have a choice between a, a big, wide, beautiful gate and a small, constrained, narrow great gate. And uh, usually the cartoonesque picture of this particular passage of scripture gives perspective to the, the reader saying on the other side of that big, beautiful, wide gate, there's a big, beautiful, wide, expansive road. And on the other side of that narrow gate, there is a crooked, difficult, hard pathway. I'm not quite sure if Jesus is trying to draw that picture, but he certainly is drawing a picture. I think what would be more consistent with the entirety of scripture would be that all of us find ourselves on the wide road. Everyone, no matter who you are, no matter what your life has been, our default setting as humanity is we are on a wide road. We're on an easy Road. In fact, in the book of Proverbs chapter 12, it says there's a way that just seems right to mankind. And it's a way that leads to death. That kind of sounds like what Jesus is saying here, isn't it? That we're all on this wide road and we're going towards a determined destination. And it's comfortable to stay on this road and it's efficient seemingly to stay on this road. And it's easy and it's kind of like being on autopilot. No need for creativity. No need for nuance, no need for guidance, no need for alertness. We can just find ourselves on that road. And what Jesus is drawing, I believe, is this picture of an off-ramp. He's saying that narrow road right there, that gate that seems constrained or narrow, that leads to a better destination. Remember, a couple summers ago, we were on a road trip. And, uh, you know, last summer didn't involve quite as much journeying. So it was definitely two summers ago. My daughter Gwyneth turned 10, and uh, on her 10th birthday, I had told her, when you turn 10, you can get your ears pierced. And she said, Dad, we're going to be on a trip on my 10th birthday. I said, Gwyneth, we're going to find you a place to pierce your ears right on your birthday. Well, I made a promise that I kind of had a hard time keeping because the, the city we found ourselves in on that particular day was shut down because it was a vacation. It was a, a civic holiday, and everything was shut down. 
So I called ahead to every place that, that pierced ears and every single place said, due to the holiday, we're closed today. Well, I, I was constrained between the realities of the day and the promise that I had made. And I'm pretty dogged about keeping my promises. So I said, Gwyneth, we're going to find you a place to get your ears pierced. Dad is going to keep his word. Well, well, we got in the vehicle, we're driving, and uh, and we are searching. I've got my oldest daughter, Kezia, on my phone searching ahead. I said, check the next city, check the next place, check the next city. We were making our way down from Kelowna back to Vancouver. Now, for those of you who are watching from our Toronto location or somewhere else uh, around the world, it's about a four and a half hour drive and uh, there is not much between point A and point B. Well, we found one place, it looked like it was open. We were able to book a, a spot right before their closing time. And the only thing that was required for this to work was no traffic. And I thought, that's perfect. We're on a highway. We're on the easy way. We are on the, the, the largest road from point A to point B. Certainly, we'll be able to make it there. Well, we got just a little bit outside of the city of Hope, the village of Hope. And uh, on our way just outside of that, that community, the traffic just simply stopped. So again, Kezia's on the phone. I'm saying, can you search up why, why the traffic has stopped? Why are we not able to move as freely as we want to move? And there had been an accident ahead. And they said, expect two-hour delays. And, uh, and most people, probably at this point in time, very rightly would say, tried my best. We're just going to have to make the best of this. But in that moment, I was not most people. I said, Gwyneth, we're going to find a way. I'm going to get you there. So through a series of back roads, through a series of dirt paths, through a series of if I go down this gravel road and up over this embankment onto the next gravel road, we managed to find a way, not on the easy, wide path, but on the narrower, more difficult path. And we arrived at our destination with just a few minutes to spare. It was a big moment. It was a great memory being made. And I think it was also pretty brilliant picture of what Jesus is describing. He says there's an easy, normal, well-traveled, marked out way. It's the way everybody's going. It's the way you're going. It's the way I go. Like all of us naturally are going that way. But if you go in that direction, you ultimately end in destruction. You feel like you've got the freedom of simply you know, turning off your mind and saying, I'm just going to follow in this flow. But what you get stuck in is a lack of life. He says the narrow path is a little more difficult. The narrow path leads to life. Interestingly, the gate that he describes as narrow, if you look at the original language, it actually means straight. And the, the gate he describes as leading to destruction actually means wide. It's like vertical versus horizontal. And we have this, this idea that the wider the gate, the easier it is to flow. And the, the narrower the gate, the harder it is to find. And, and what Jesus is implying is if you want to get through this gate, you need to stand up. If you want to get through this gate, this narrower gate, you got to stand up and stand for something and, and be alert and be aware and be awake. Have you ever missed your turn? Have you ever, you know, been aware, you thought you were going to see it, and then you simply missed the landmark? Jesus is saying that the, the narrow gate, 
It's like a landmark that you could miss if you're not watching for it. That's why few find it. But if you look at the rest of the Gospels, you will see that Jesus is not talking about a geographical location. He's not talking about a paved or dirt road. He's not talking about a, a pathway that someone could take a wagon or a vehicle on. He's literally talking about himself. He's describing a relationship with him. He, he in, in the book of John, describes himself as the gate. So he's saying this, we're all going in a way, it just sort of feels right and it goes with the flow and it seems easy. But if you don't find me, you don't find life. In this picture, not only is Jesus the gate, but he's also the road. Not only is Jesus the gate and the road, but he's also the destination. Isn't that amazing? Do you know in the book of Revelation, chapter 22? Let, let, let's go there real quick just to, to sum this portion of the message up. Revelation chapter 22 and verse 12, Jesus says this, Look, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. In this bold statement, Jesus is actually summing up the picture he gave in the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you need to go through the narrow gate, which is me, along the road, which is me, to a destination, which is me. And Jesus says that road leads to life. The road that leads to life. The word life is the Greek word zoe, which doesn't simply mean to be breathing, it means to be living life to its full. It, it could be described this way, abundance of life, truly alive, or, or living life to its fullest. Jesus says this, if you want to just go in the path of least resistance, what you will find yourself is ultimately working towards a traffic jam. But if you're willing to find me, and you're willing to walk in my ways, you actually find a destination that is the abundance of life. Now this word Zoe is used many times in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and almost exclusively the word is used to describe eternal life, eternal satisfaction and, uh, and, and relationship connection with God, uh, eternal salvation, almost exclusively. But then there's these few times, specifically in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, just a couple of times where it looks at that, that picture of life kind of through a prism that's just slightly turned. Let, let me show you this. In, in the book of Matthew, if you could uh, go here with me, Matthew chapter 18 and, uh, and verse 8. In 18 verse 8, Jesus is speaking about sin. He's speaking about the struggle we have with sin. I don't know about you, but I can relate to this. I, I feel like the Apostle Paul sometimes who says, why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? Now, why don't I do the things I know I should do? Anybody else been there? Maybe some of you this summer crept up on you and you were trying to get your summer fitness in and now it's just the middle of a heat wave and you didn't quite get there in time. Why? Because we don't do the things we want to do and we do some of the things that we don't want to. It's that battle we have with our flesh. And Jesus is speaking here and he says, hey, if your hand causes you to sin or your foot causes you to stumble, just cut it off and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and be thrown into eternal fire. And if your eye causes you to stumble, just gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to enter life 
with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. All right, Jesus, you just got real weird and real severe and real crazy. What he's saying is not literally take out a hacksaw and cut your hand off, get out a machete and lop your foot off. He's saying this, if there is sin that is causing you to, to be distanced from God, get serious with it. I want to challenge you wherever you are. Let's get serious with the things in our life that really ought to go. Let's get serious in the areas of our life where we're stumbling around or getting tripped up. Maybe you could say this, let's stand up and straighten out so we can go through that narrow gate. Let's actually embrace that the way of following Jesus is potentially the more difficult way, but it is also the way that we find life. You know, for a lot of us, I think we struggle with a theology of suffering. We have embraced the thought, or maybe come by it honestly, we've thought that to live for Jesus, to have a relationship with God means life should get easier. And so anything that looks difficult, we immediately uh, assume is not God's plan for us. Because we have this picture of God's plan that it's easy, it's perfect, it's, it's uh, simplified for us. But Jesus is pretty straightforward right at the very beginning. He says, find the narrow gate and walk the difficult path and you'll find life. Avoid the wide and easy gate. Even though it's well populated, it's not leading anywhere. That's good. But for some of us, because we struggle with a theology of suffering, we avoid anything that causes discomfort. We avoid anything that looks like pain and we assume that God's blessing must be from beginning to end only filled with, with ease. Just not what the picture looks like. Here he says, if, if sin's an issue, come on, let's sacrifice that. Let's put that thing aside. So this way to life, though it is difficult, is actually full of life. It co comes with some sacrifice. Not only does it come with sacrifice, it also comes with service. Look at this in the book of Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Uh, Zechariah is speaking, and as he's talking and uh, is empowered by the Spirit, he's speaking this prophetic poem, and he says in Luke chapter 1 and uh, in verse 74, he says, God has come to rescue us from the hands of our enemies and to enable us to serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. That's the word zoe. So he says here, what God has done for you and I is given us the opportunity to serve with confidence, to serve with fearlessness. Well, hold up. Some of us have got this really distorted view of our, our theology of service. We just assume, well, I came to God, I did my part. Now it's God's job to serve me. But guess what? God has invited us into a relationship where we have the opportunity to serve without fear. God's not looking for us to cower before him. God's not looking for us to, to uh, be intimidated by him. In fact, when the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, it's saying this, like only God should have our attention. Only God should have our full undivided attention. But because he loves us, his love actually casts that fear away. So we fear God, which leads to wisdom. And then in his love, he casts our fear away. And what we're left with is the opportunity to serve his purpose in our life with fearlessness. 
Well, well, I'll tell you this right now. The wide path, it doesn't involve suffering now. The wide path doesn't really involve serving now. The wide path, however, it leads to a dead end. And Jesus says, come through the narrow gate, that, that, that vertical gate where you got to stand up, straighten some things up in your life. You, you got to sacrifice when there are things that are causing you to stumble and, and you got to serve. But what you find on the journey is life, abundant life, whole life, and full life. So on this difficult road to life, we do encounter some suffering. We do encounter some service. But we also encounter the need for satisfaction, to simply be content and satisfied with where we're at in life. You know, uh, look what it says in the book of Luke again, chapter 12. I love this. Luke chapter 12. This is awesome. Jesus has a heckler. I don't know if you've ever been a public speaker in any setting. Some have feared public speaking simply because they might get heckled. I've been heckled. I'm telling you, I, I, I just assume even on a Sunday when you're doing church at home, there's some hecklers either in the chat or, or watching from wherever they are that are, are going, nah, not true. I've had some people call some things out. Well, Jesus in this story, he gets heckled. Check it out. Luke chapter 12 and uh, starting at verse 13, it says, someone in the crowd said to Jesus, hey, teacher, tell my brother to divide his inheritance with me. So, so there's this dude and his bro that show up together to hear Jesus preach. And then they say, we want you, Jesus, to speak it directly into our situation, specifically the one brother saying, I want what I deserve. I want what's mine. And Jesus' response to him is this, amen. He literally just says, man, man, who appointed me as a judge or an arbiter between you? He goes this, watch out. Be on guard against all kinds of greed. Life, that's Zoe life, abundant, full, whole, actualized, really knowing what God has given to us. Life does not consist of an abundance of possessions. Do you catch that? That, that the life God is inviting us into, that narrow gate that leads to a more difficult road, but has a destination of life. Not only does it involve the potential of suffering, not only does it involve the requirement of service, but it also involves the freedom that comes in satisfaction. Just living a life satisfied in God. He goes this, the abundant life that you're looking for won't come with an abundance of possessions. It doesn't come with an abundance of stuff. So get free of greed. Some of us we have a bad theology around satisfaction. We feel that it's God's duty to give us everything we want, when we want it, how we want it. Have you ever prayed a prayer only to look back later and be so grateful that God said no? I know some of you right now, you're thinking about an ex-boyfriend or an ex-girlfriend that you hoped it would go somewhere that it didn't. Whew, thank you, God. I know some of you are thinking about a career move, a job, maybe a, a degree that you were going to pursue, and whew, you're thankful that that did not happen. Maybe some of you are looking, are thinking about something more you know, defined and specific to your life. But, but we have this thought that maybe God's our butler. Hey, God, I did, the, I did my part. I walked through this narrow gate. Now you got to do your part and make my life full of everything I wanted to be full of. You said it's full life. And Jesus is saying, hey, in, in the Zoe life that I've come for you to have, I'm not saying you'll be without suffering. Of course you're going to suffer. That's what life is. I'm not saying you'll be without service. You can just do it without fear. And I'm not saying you just get everything you want. 
but I will provide for everything that you need when you get free and find the, the secret to contentment that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength. I love this. Life happens on the way. Life is not just the hope of eternity. Life began in the moment that I received Jesus. In the moment that I entered through the gate, I have now begun a journey that is full of life. Now, many times I've preached through the, the seven statements Jesus makes in the book of John, but until today, I haven't seen this theme that runs throughout them. So I want to show you just really quickly in the next five or six minutes. See, Jesus defines himself in seven different ways in the book of John through statements saying, I am, and then you can fill in the blank. And, and these statements are that I am the, the light of the world and I'm the bread of life and I'm the gate and I'm the shepherd and I'm the resurrection and I'm the way, the truth, and the life and I am the vine. Okay, those seven, seven ways. But today as I was studying these seven descriptions that Jesus gives in light of this picture that he's the gate, the road, and the destination, I realized that every single one of these descriptions are simply Jesus defining what life with him is like. Check this out. He says, I am the bread of life in John chapter 6 and verse 48. I am the bread of what? The bread of life. He says this, that the life you can expect on this narrow pathway, on the way to the destination of eternal life, you can expect a life of satisfaction, that God will truly satisfy your needs. When he says he is the bread of life, I think the people who heard it would have thought of manna, that daily bread that God provided to the people of Israel as they wandered in the wilderness and every day they had enough. I can't promise you that the, the, the life uh, lived for Jesus, the life that's through a narrow gate leading towards eternal life. I can't promise you that it's going to be a life lavished with extravagance, but I can promise you this, that your needs will be met. You will be satisfied. He is the bread, not just the bread, but the bread of life. And then he says this, I am the light of the world. In John 8, in verse 12, the light of the world. In John 1, 4, it says he's the light of life. So when he's speaking of light, he's saying, I make sense of life. That, that apart from God, there is no light. The, the world is stuck in darkness. In fact, is in, in, later on, as Jesus is describing throughout John 1 and then John 3 and then John 4, he's giving this description. This is what life with me looks like. I will make sense of it. I can promise you this. There will be some things on the, the narrow pathway through the narrow gate that you might not prefer, but God will make sense of them. He will illuminate the way of life. It's difficult. It's easy following in the wide road that everyone's going on, and it's more difficult sometimes to have to be uh, encountered with the, the struggle. But Jesus will illuminate it. He goes, I'm going to satisfy your needs. I'm going to illuminate your steps. Then he says in John 10 and verse 9, I am the gate. And when he says he is the gate, he's speaking the, spe the, the specificity of a relationship with him. The specificness that there's only one way through this wall and it's through Jesus. He, he's saying, I am the offering of comfort. 
You see, for, for sheep as they were in pasture coming through a gate or from travelers as they were on a journey coming through a gate into a city, what they found on the other side was comfort. I can promise you this, you might find on the, the, the narrow path that leads towards life, there is some uh, valley of the shadow of the death moments, but you don't have to fear evil because God will comfort you on the way. That's, that's what you'll find on the journey. Not, not painlessness or lack of suffering, but you will find comfort, satisfaction, uh, illumination, comfort. And then two verses later, he says, I'm, I'm a good shepherd. And, and guess what? This good shepherd means in John 10, 28, he says, no one can pluck them from my hand. Here's Jesus saying, I am incredible at keeping you safe. I'm incredible at protecting you. I'm incredible at making sure that what you entrust to me will be kept to the end. Do you know what? We often talk about salvation and we talk it as a moment where we went from lostness to foundness and I was saved. But if you are saved, you're also safe. You're safe. You're being protected, cared for, and covered by the good shepherd, Jesus. Sandwiched in between, I am the gate and I am the shepherd is Jesus' description, John 10, 10. The enemy has come to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might find life life that is abundant. Jesus, man, he's life. He's life. Guess what? On the wide road, you'll be stolen from, you'll be killed, and you'll be destroyed. On the narrow, difficult path, you find life, and it's full life, life of satisfaction, illumination, comfort, and safety. And if it just ended there, I'm really good, but Jesus, he always gives us more than we could need more than we even ask for or imagine. He goes on to say this in John eleven twenty five. 25. I'm the resurrection and what? And the life. What kind of life? Zoe life. Jesus offers hope. I think there's nothing more hopeful than resurrection. Jesus is hope personified. Like, like resurrecting is not just a thing he does. It's who he is in his very essence and nature. He brings life to dead situations and circumstances. So on this narrow path through a narrow gate that's leading towards life, it's the gate is Jesus, the path is Jesus, the destination is Jesus. Will there be loss, hardship, suffering? Yeah, but we can walk through those things in hope, knowing that he redeems all things. If you were in the room, I don't like to demand an amen that often, but I'm going to ask for it in the chat right now. That ought to get an amen from us. God is the redeemer of all things. He makes all things good. Why? Because he's the resurrection and the life. And, and then not, not even a, a few chapters later, John 4, 14, 6, he says this, I am the way, the truth. And you guessed it, the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. And with that, he goes on to say this, you can actually ask God for what you desire. And because you've come through me, you got God's ear. I told you before that Jesus is the bread of life, meaning he's satisfying all of our needs. But he also seems to imply here that we can expect a life of provision where God hears the desires of our heart as well. I used to think that I had to be more holy than God was even demanding of me. God, I need nothing, want nothing, and I'll never bother you with a request, only to find out that the way we show God we trust him is by asking for what we need. He says, ask and you'll receive, seek and you'll find, knock. And the door will be open to you. 
because I'm the way, the truth, and the life. You can find the Father when you come to me. Jennifer and I are about to have our eighth child. I get asked for things from my kids all the time. And, and even though I'm flawed and very imperfect, my desire almost all the time is that I just want to give them what they want. I want to give them what they need. In fact, I like to think of ways to give them more than they ask for or more than they need. And I'm a flawed and very imperfect father. But our Heavenly Father, perfect in love, perfect in wisdom, knows exactly what we need. He knows our requests before we even ask them. And because of Jesus, on that narrow path through the narrow gate leading towards the destination of life, we find provision along the way. Not just satisfaction in our daily needs, but provision of the desires of our heart. And then lastly, John 15 and 5, Jesus says, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If you stick around vivid for a while, you'll hear me, hear me preach another message about this. I just did a few weeks ago. In fact, I might even put that description in the chat. You can listen to a message specifically on this passage, but check it out. Jesus says, like, have you ever needed a more vivid picture of what life looks like? He says, I'm the root system. I'm the trunk. I am the source. Just hold on to me and you will bear fruit. What can we expect through the narrow gate that leads to a difficult path to the destination of life? We can expect multiplication, explosive, fruitful, effective growth because of who Jesus is. So now instead of picturing this as you've come to a crossroads, choose the ugly looking gate or the beautiful one. Choose the difficult one or the, the easy one. I want you to just kind of picture this. Here's our life. It's going in a way of least, least resistance. Whatever we can do to avoid sacrifice, to avoid service, to avoid suffering, whatever we can do to just go on autopilot and we'll get there when we get there because someone already thought this through. Instead of thinking of it as a, a T in the road, maybe we need to be watchful. Maybe we need to be alert and ready because Jesus is offering us a way out that leads to something better. Let me read Matthew chapter seven to us again. And with this, I close. Enter through the narrow gate, that's Jesus. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. It's just the way that feels right until you find Jesus. Many enter through it. But small is the gate, or straight, and narrow is the road, or constrained, difficult, demanding, that leads to life, and only a few find it. I hope today that whoever you are, whatever cir circumstance you find yourself in, that you're one of the few that finds it. Not few because Jesus is sneaky and secretive, but few because it does require trust. I'm telling you, back to that road trip moment, the easiest thing to do would have been to throw the vehicle in park and say, it's not my fault. And there's a whole lot of people in life that when they hit a traffic jam, they just go, oh, it's not my fault. Everyone else is doing it too. I just got to go with the flow. There's an inherent risk in faith. There's a risk in trusting. There's a risk in going through the narrower gate. But Jesus promises along the way to give us satisfaction, illumination, comfort, Safety, hope, provision, and fruitfulness. Let's find him. Let me pray with you right now. Jesus, I ask for every person who's watching this, every person who's listening to this later on a podcast, I pray right now exactly where we're at. Maybe we're running. Maybe we're, we're uh, on a road trip ourselves. Maybe we're sitting in our office or we got uh, earbud in and we're on transit. But I ask right now 
that you'd speak to us about following your way, that you'd speak to us about embracing this life of submission and obedience. We want to experience life to the full. I thank you that you came so we wouldn't have to just blindly, aimlessly make our way towards destruction, but we could experience your fullness. And even right now as I'm praying, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, do you know how simple it is to make your way through that narrow gate? Jesus isn't so demanding of you that you need to contort yourself and improve yourself or stretch in any sort of way. You simply need to acknowledge your need for him. If that's you, you can pray a prayer of faith just like this. Jesus, I give you my life. I am entering into relationship with you. I repent of my sin and receive your grace. And if you do that, you have found the gate. And now the road, difficult as it may be, narrow as it may be, it is full of everything that you will need to find life. We'd love to encourage you in your next steps. If that's you, let us know in the chat. Send us an email. We want to encourage you as you go through these next steps and find your way into life. And for all of us, let's give our head a shake. Let's wake up. The greatest part of salvation is not just one day after life on earth is over, we get to experience the fullness of God. It's that we get Jesus every step of the way, providing for us, meeting with us, illuminating, giving fruitfulness to our life, your eternal life, friend, is already begun. So let's keep moving. I'm so grateful that Jesus is the beginning and the end. Hey, we're on a road trip together. Next week, we got another road trip message. I hope wherever you are, you can tune in and join us. We love you so much and we'll see you then. We hope that you enjoyed this edition of the Vivid Church podcast. For more information about Vivid Church, check out our website at www.vivid.church or look us up on Instagram at vivid.church. Have the best day.